0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world, church service. I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. I want to invite you, grab your Bibles, meet me today in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to honor God. We're going to worship God with our financial giving And let's examine verse 20 to prepare our hearts to give. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. My friends, as we see the Apostle Paul begin to wrap up the the letter that he wrote to the church in Rome, he begins to conclude this writing, and he has something amazing to say in this scripture and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. You know, I was meditating on that and I know that there are various manifestations of the devil of Satan himself. One of those being lack, never having enough money, what we would call insufficiency, uh, debt, there's different levels of debt. There's toxic debt. There's, um, there's debt you can manage. And then there's debt that's definitely, you know, it's just a trap, super high interest rates and things along that line. But it says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And I believe that the Lord is going to crush every vestige of lack and insufficiency out of your life. Some of you, maybe you have a business. Maybe you're doing pretty good, but you're stuck on a plateau and you're thinking, Lord, I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready for another hiring round. And you want to hire another uh, group of employees because you know what to do, but you need God's touch. Amen. Well, I believe you're going to see the Lord's encounter with your life, with your business, and you're going to be able to take it to the next level. God is about to crush every form of lack out of your life. The Lord is also going to crush debt beneath your feet. And you're going to see the various ways in which God can work. For some of you, you will see the suddenlies. For for others of you, you will see the reward of your faith, and you will see the debt paid down, paid down, paid down until it's all gone. But you will see it in an accelerated and expedited way. I received an expedited overnight letter in the mail today. That's because it was expedited. It got here super quick, although it was a long ways off from where it originated at. But God is going to crush all lack and debt beneath your feet. God is working right now in your life. Now, knowing God is your peace is knowing God is Jehovah Shalom. And so this represents a personal experience of you seeing God move in your personal life. And I say to you that you're going to have your dramatic overcoming testimony. Praise God. And let me say also that these power encounters come to those who walk with the Lord where you're giving and you're honoring the Lord with the tithe is something that you do as a lifestyle. You're not trying to Uh, work with God in a way where you just get a miracle and you get out, but you still live your life the way that you want to. No, I don't just give what I would call a sacrificial offering solely for the sake of, you know, anticipating a harvest, although that's a part of it. But I give also mainly because of out of, out of obedience, out of love. And I want to honor the Lord and I want to walk in the light of the truth of his word. So I'm not just looking at a one-time thing where I do and then I'm stepping back and saying, now, God, I need you to respond or else I'm never going to give again. No, I'm going to give again and again and again. I'm going to tithe, and that's what tithing is. It's the systematic giving of the 10% of your income and your increase. So this is for those that are honoring God through a lifestyle of tithing, and giving. You're going to know the Lord personally in a way where you see these facets of the enemy of lack and never having enough destroyed out of your life. And those of you that already might have what we would call some pretty good breathing room, and you might be doing pretty good, but you know, there's more you already in your heart could see the way that you could expand and take things to the next level. And you're going to see that current sticking plateau point crushed. And God's going to lift you higher. Amen. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I believe that this is your year destined by God for breakthroughs and breakouts and getting over. Hallelujah to the next level. God's going to do it for you. Expect to see Satan lack debt crushed beneath your feet. Expect it right now. Now, as you bring in your tithes and offerings, you may even want to write on your giving that debt is crushed beneath your feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28. 28- 654. If you want to go online and bring in your tithes and offerings online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. We have church members in China. We have church members in New Zealand. We have church members in Australia. We have church members across America. We have church members around the world in the UK and beyond. My friends, God will honor you as you honor him. Bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, and you'll see God richly bless your life. If you want to go online to bring in your tithes and offerings, go to Stephen Brooks. Again, that's stephenbrooks.org, and you can go to the top of the website. There's a header, and it says online giving. Click on that, and it takes you to uh, a a page, and you'll see a little thing that says fund giving. You click on that, and it'll bring a little drop-down menu, and there's the area for your tithe, there's the area for an offering, and you can give very easily online. Praise God. Now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, regardless of where your people are watching at today, whether from North Carolina... Or from North Korea, Father, it's amazing what people can do with the VPN that hides their address on the internet, which is uh, you giving your people wisdom to work around barriers that would block the gospel. But Father, I just thank you that your people are honoring you with their giving, and as they're bringing their tithes that are holy and their offerings that are holy into the storehouse. Father, I I just thank you that you're crushing debt beneath their feet, crushing Satan beneath their feet. Hallelujah. All lack and insufficiency just crushed beneath their feet. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise and we thank you that you are moving mightily in our lives. You are blessing your people. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say, I'm blessed, because you are. You're blessed greatly of the Lord, and you're about to see Satan crushed beneath your feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now today, I feel led of the Lord to talk about the subject of when God visits his people. And while there is the spirit of revival, and revival in a sense is God visiting a group of people, bringing back the life that was once there, maybe uh, there had become a barrenness or spiritual dryness. So the Holy Spirit comes bringing the life of God. And so a church or even a city can encounter that. But you know what? It's like a forest. A forest is still made up of individual trees and trees are often representative of God's people In scripture, sometimes representative of even the ungodly, but nevertheless, trees can represent people. So you still, although there may be a forest, you still have your own unique identity and calling and plan that God has for you, as well, of course, as fitting in as a living stone into the eternal church. But I want to talk today about Jesus visiting you. It's a very real thing. And if I could give you some framework, I believe that this spiritual superstructure will support a biblical faith for you to have encounters with the resurrected, risen Lord. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into your word today, I pray that you prepare the soil of the hearts of your people for fresh encounters with you. Father, some haven't had much of an update from headquarters. It's been a while. They need a, they need a fresh encounter. Others need your divine touch, and others are just flat out hungry, and they just want more of you. So I thank you, Father, that you're going to meet your people, and there will be a release, an anointing for a fresh encounter, a fresh visitation with the resurrected Christ. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. We all say, Amen. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's begin there today. Please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. And we're going to start today in verse 6. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It's one of the rare books where the author is not mentioned. I do know that Prophet Kenneth Hagin, years back, had a visitation from the Lord. And in this vision, Jesus uh, was sharing some things with him. And Brother Hagin said, By the way, Lord, who wrote the book of Hebrews? And Jesus said, Paul did. Amen. Well, really, if you read through the book of Romans, we know that was written by Paul because he says he wrote it. And when you read Hebrews, these books can get some very high levels spiritually. Romans is like a theological treatise. It's very technical. Hebrews is very deep. You start getting into symbolism, typology of the Old Testament tabernacle and things along that line. Really, the only one that could have written it was Paul. So I agree. I agree that Paul is the writer of the book of Hebrews. But we're over now in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. And I, you know, that's the thing about visitations. You can ask the Lord some questions. Amen. Now, those questions have to be spiritual, not what I would call mental. Uh, I do have some mental questions of what I would like to ask the Lord about. I would ask, I would like to ask the Lord uh, some things about maybe we could call it uh, the science of the earth. Like perhaps how did the dinosaurs actually meet their demise? I believe that, you know, that they, th- there were some that, uh, not some, but certain ones that were put on the ark and uh, were released along with all of the other animals. And, they eventually died out or were killed off or whatever it might be. But I would like to still have further insight on the uh, ancient origins of the earth. We know that God created the earth, but um, there certainly are some mysteries and I would like to know more about that. But when I've had visitations, I've never been able to ask Jesus about any of that. Why? Because when you are in a visionary experience or you're having an encounter with the Lord, you're in the spirit. You're not so much like, well, your brain works and all of that, and your mind works, but it's not the intellectual mind. It's the mind of Christ. It's the spiritual mind. So you only really uh, go into those areas where uh, you, you're just kind of like eating what you're hungry for. And the other stuff that it's not even really necess- necessary, uh, that doesn't really come up. There could be a few exceptions to that. Uh, there is one pastor. I'm trying to think of his name. He was, actually, he was a prophet. He was in uh, Tulsa, uh, T- Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, uh, Luther Richard, yes, that was him, Richard Sigmund. And when he went to heaven, he asked uh, in one of these visionary encounters, he asked uh, one of the angels that he was talking to uh, about uh, some of the trees in heaven. And because one of the angels said, um, now, these trees that you're seeing right here were created by God uh, when he created the earth. So he thought he would be smart and said, well, how old is that tree? <laughs> Woo! Uh, the angel said, well, we're not going to get into that. Praise God. I do believe that many of those mysteries can be unraveled, but that's not really my, my assignment. Praise God. All right. I said all of that to get us over to Hebrews chapter 2. I hope I talked long enough to give you time to turn there. We're going to be in verse 6. But one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? So Paul is quoting from the psalmist, Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him? Now, if you were to read this in the King James Version, it would say, or the son of man that you visit him. Uh, Both translations, of course, are correct. I actually like the phrase, what is the son of man that you visit him? When it says that the Lord visits the Son of Man, it actually does mean uh, the meaning of the visitation is to care for Him. I want to share today something very uplifting and something that would make you uh, very comforted in your heart. When you see in the Scriptures these types of visitations, they are never visitations of wrath, punishment, judgment, or God's anger. All of these are good visitations, and it's noted in the Greek that this visit is for the caring of the person that the visitation is being given to. The the literal standard version says that what is the son of man that you inspect him? Wow. So there can be an inspection where maybe you're up for a promotion, and the Lord wants to talk with you about that. The Smith's literal translation says, what is the son of man that you review him? So the review also, or the inspection is not something that's critical, but it's something that's representing the care and the love of God. Praise God. This could also mean when it, when it says that you visit him, that you give attention to him and it notes, it's denoting that God is not forgetting you or leaving you. Wow. Praise God. He does. He has not forgotten the prayers that you have prayed, the request that you have living up, that you have lifted up and the life, your life that you have laid down. So it infers in this scripture that God is coming to visit you to bestow marks of favor and honor, gifts and graces. That is why you should desire a visitation from the Lord. Why don't you just say that right now? Why don't you just say, Lord Jesus, please visit me. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about something more than just a little tingle on your toe, or maybe a little uh, uh, angelic feather tickling your ear. No, I'm talking about like a real strong encounter where the Lord comes to visit you. And again, it's inferred here in this scripture that God comes to bestow marks of favor and honor, gifts and graces to the receiver that he's visiting. Praise God. God wants to visit you, and he wants to bless you in the process. Praise God. You know, there were some uh, years back, uh, we've moved from that uh, location. We used to live up on a mountain here in Moravian Falls, and while I loved it, it was uh, kind of kind of rugged because the, we lived on the back side of the mountain. There were no paved roads. So it was almost impossible to keep a vehicle clean, especially whenever it rained or uh, it was muddy season or winter. And it was pretty rugged back there. And uh, if, if a tree fell down, you could wait for the power company to come out, but it might take them a while. So most people were, you know, self-reliant that lived up there. You have your own chainsaw or whatever it might be. So uh, I enjoyed living there, but I'm glad, I'm glad we moved. Praise the Lord. We still live only just a few minutes here from the church, but it's uh, much better uh, for where we're at right now. Praise God. But one time while we were living there on the mountain, my wife and daughter had gone in the town. I knew they would be gone for several hours. And I had just a really long stretch where I knew I wouldn't uh, have any kind of like uh, anything break my focus. So I gave that time to the Lord just seeking Him in prayer. And then, you know, after you've prayed for a while, you know, after you've prayed for like an hour, you've kind of covered all of your bases. You've prayed for this, that, and the other. You've you've prayed for the president. The, you've you prayed for leaders. You've prayed for the church. You've prayed for yourself, your family, whatever it might be. You've got everything covered. Uh, and then you kind of get over into a, a fun area where you're just kind of hanging out with God. And so I just kind of kept hanging out with the Lord. And one hour went by, two hours went by, time just kept going by. And... The time just kept rolling by, and I would have to admit that while I was enjoying my time with the Lord and there was a quickening to meditate on Scripture, to talk to God about it, uh, it wasn't like there was a strong presence. That th- There was nothing like that at all. It was just a, what I would call an edifying devotional time with God. And I was putting the time in because I was enjoying myself, and uh, I was alert and wasn't dozing off or anything, so I just kept hanging out with the Lord. Well, you know, the time kept going by, and I, I, I could hear a noise. And what I, I knew distinctively that I, that noise I was hearing was my wife driving up the mountain because it was like a gravel road. So she's driving up the mountain, and I looked out the window, and yep, there she is. She's coming with my daughter, and they were coming up the mountain. And I, and I knew that from the point of where I saw them, they would go to the top, do that little turnaround loop, and then they would come down the long driveway to the house And I knew when I saw that I've got about probably about three minutes left with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I've had a really good time with you today. And when I said that, suddenly it's like the heavens opened and revelation knowledge of of God's word and all kinds of, I would call them blessings just began to fall. God's presence fell all over me and it was like water. It was like literally standing under like a spiritual waterfall and it was it was exhilarating it was joyfully bubbling i mean you just you start laughing and uh, uh and at the same time i grabbed the pen and paper i was trying to write cuz he started talking to me and he's talking so fast and he's sharing so much that i said god i can't keep up <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord was laughing and I was laughing. He was like overwhelming me with his joy and his, his goodness. And I said, I said, but Lord, i have got to ask you a question with these last few seconds I have with you before I divert my attention to my family. I said, Lord, I've been here for hours. I said, why did you wait so long to start talking to me? And the Lord said something I'll, I'll never forget. It is one of the most special things that he ever told me. He said, I so enjoy your company that I waited to keep you here as long as possible. And I knew what he meant by that. In other words, if you're, if you just release everything up front, maybe the person thinks, oh, that was wonderful. And and then you leave. But if you kind of hold and, but yet the person keeps pushing in and pursuing, then God's got you. And uh, I tell you, he, he really does love us, his people. He loves you and He wants to visit you also in a very powerful, unmistakable way. I have had encounters with the Lord where I could come out of that encounter and walk in, like let's say like into the living room or wherever my wife was at. And she would take one look at me and Kelly would say, you just had a visitation from the Lord. Didn't you? I said, yes, I did. (laughs) Woo. And there, there's something about, uh, God's presence. You know, if you hang around with a smoker, uh, that smoke will begin to get on your clothes and things like that. But if you hang around with the Lord, that tangible substance or presence of God will somehow get on you. It will transfer on you. And then suddenly, if you come into the presence of others and it's real strong, they pick that up. Praise the Lord. But I believe that the Lord has something for you where He wants you to have a fresh, Encounter. I'm talking about a living, raw, powerful, real encounter with him where he talks to you. You talk to him and there's blessings released and there's something wonderful from God that is passed over to you. So that day I had a personal visit from a very personal God. Praise God. Amen. Let's go now to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And let's go to... Verse 20. Praise the Lord. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. Now, they've already had their miracle. They've got their Samuel. Samuel has been given to the Lord as a servant to the man of God, Eli, there at the temple. So he's being raised, as we would say, it's like he's being raised in church. He's being raised in ministry. He is in the atmosphere of the things of God. So he has been dedicated to the Lord. But look at verse 21. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived. Now she's already had the miracle child. Well, what's going on here? Something where the Lord visits and gives you the desires of your heart and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Praise God. That's beautiful. So she was personally blessed through what we could call ongoing visitations from the Lord. Remember, this is not about some type of wrath or God coming to you like you're going to get a spanking or something like that. This is, this has nothing to do with that element. This is solely God coming to you to bless you. And here, what we would see really are prayers by Hannah that are being answered. The main prayer where she wanted a miracle child that has been answered. But what is this? This is the overflow. This is like the icing on the cake. And I don't even know if she asked for this many children. I mean, she got more and more sons and then maybe, but maybe she did. Maybe she said, well, Lord, this is wonderful. But I, you know, the top it off, Lord, why not have a daughter? Well, God gave her two. So I'm telling you, the Lord can visit you also. And he's going to, he's going to, and it will be a release taking you into your next level of blessing. Praise God. Mm -mm. Notice also that her blessing was expressed in the verbal term, God visited her and the Lord visited Hannah. So that is a term or terminology that is used for God coming to you one-on-one and bringing something, a gift, a grace, a blessing, maybe five. I mean, she picked up five through that one touch from God. How about that? Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, she had to be with her husband, you know, multiple times over the years for all these children to come forth. But out of the visitations of the Lord, I'm telling you, there can come a plethora of blessings released through one touch from God. And you're going to have your encounter. Say yes. Say amen. Let's go now to the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 2. And... Let's go to verse 7. This is a visitation also from God to his people. And this is a little bit of a different angle. The, the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. They shall feed their flocks there. Mm-mm. I know that somebody just moved from another state and, and they, uh, they really enjoy our ministry, the teaching that comes forth from the pulpit here. And the person said, Pastor Stephen, I've moved to North Carolina. I've moved to the beach. So they're out there in Wilmington, and they moved from a place previously that was very cold and uh, very tough living conditions out to a very beautiful place. So the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. So maybe God, you know, if that's your spot, that's where you need to be on the coast. They shall feed their flocks there in the houses of Ashkelon. Of course, that would be uh, along the coast. You know, when we start our tours in Israel, we always, we always begin in Netanya, one of the most beautiful cities. Uh, it's where uh, oftentimes when a prime minister will retire, they like to retire in Netanya, and it's right there on the coast of the Mediterranean. It's beautiful. So uh, Ashkelon would be a little further south. In the houses of Ashkelon, they shall lie down at evening for the Lord, their God will intervene for them. Now, this is the same word, same meaning used over there in 1 Samuel when it said that the Lord visited Hannah. It's the same Hebrew word, and here it says the Lord visited them, or He's going to intervene for them, and do what? And return their captives. Praise God. This in the Strong's Concordance is the word 6485, same word for both scriptures that I've just given you. And it can mean uh, not only, of course, to bring a blessing, uh, to release gifts and graces, but it can also mean avenge. And here in this usage, it would carry the, uh, the meaning of being avenged for all of the yucky stuff that the enemy has done for you. So God's going to bring payback. God's going to put you in a nice, comfortable home, a nice place, and you're going to be blessed. It could also mean liberation from current or former bondage. You know what? If you have children... Maybe they uh, knew the Lord when they were young, but now they've grown up and they're adults out of their own, Uh, but they're not serving God today. But you know what? Keep praying for your children because God can do what? God can visit them. And that visitation can also carry with it liberation from bondage. And that can be perhaps what some children need, some sons or some daughters. Maybe they have an extra strong element of stubbornness, and maybe they need a powerful encounter where they have a vision of Jesus, the resurrected Christ appearing before them, hands spread out with the holes in the hands, holes in the feet, and things like that. There are power encounters that God gives. But you know what? You can pray, God, give my children, give my son, give my daughter a visitation from you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And God can do it solely for the sake of honoring your walk with him. Oh, praise God forever. So keep on praying for your children. This liberation from bondage can also be uh, in the area perhaps of your health. And maybe you've had an injury. Maybe you've had something where the doctor said, hey, you need to get on this prescription because if you don't, there's something out of control with your body. Maybe you got on it, then you got addicted to the prescription medication. And, and now there's like a bondage, and you think, Lord, sh- do I have to live the rest of my life with this? I know I don't. Lord, come and touch me with your mighty power as I believe in faith that you have paid the penalty of all of these things that would cause such pain in life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And God can come and visit you with one touch. You know, I made a very foolish mistake one time when I was younger. I had to go to work, and I had to be at work in about 30 minutes. I knew I could get there in 10 minutes, so I had 20 minutes, but I had not done a workout. Uh, And I thought, well, I want to do a workout. That way I kind of stay steady with my workout. And I jumped over on the bench press and I, uh, I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll put a lot of weight on, and that way I can just do a, a, heavy se- a couple of heavy sets, and that would be the equivalent of doing all the other stuff. But you know what? I was already kind of, uh, I was out of my 20s, and maybe when you're in your 20s you can get away with that, even though you could still get injured then. Well, it bit me, and I had put on a whole bunch of weight, and when I was coming down, uh, I heard pop, and I completely tore my pectoralis major, I mean it tore completely from the insertion point and pain and heat. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. And the first thing I did was try to figure out how to, you know, because I'm stuck now with the weight on my chest. So I eventually flipped it off, got it off. I said, Lord, how foolish of me to have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I rushed, and now I have I really have injured myself. So I repented and the pain. And all uh, the pain went away immediately, and that was supernatural. Um, But it was so sore, but I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move anything after that. I was, as we would say, done for in that area. And a couple months went by. And, you know, I already kind of had reconciled, well, I can't do bench anymore. Maybe I'll get a, give a little more emphasis and uh, kind of uh, do some curls and do some other stuff. So I grabbed, I grabbed some uh, bicep uh, weights and began to do some curls. And I didn't warm up again. And would you believe it? I actually tore my bicep muscle. And it, it oh, th- and that would hurt really bad. And uh, tore, oh, I thought, Lord, I've done it again. That's actually the first thing I said, Lord, I've done it again. And I just, then I couldn't do anything. Uh, I, I just, re, I kind of like I uh, said, Lord, I think for the rest of my life, I'll just walk. <laughs> I think the only form of exercise for the rest of my life, I'll just walk. But you know what? I really, I really enjoyed strength training. I'd been a distance runner before that for so long, all through high school and through college. And I was super skinny and I kind of enjoyed having, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, the feeling of strength and it was fun. I, I enjoyed it, uh, but it was all gone. And I said, Lord, uh, I said, just, you know, please take away the pain. And he did. And that pain very swiftly left, but th- these things were inoperable in my body. But one day I was actually in Irvine, California, and I was sitting, uh, uh, in a friend's home. He wasn't there. I was sitting on the couch and Jesus came into that home. He came into that room and he healed me just like that. Um, I didn't even see him, but I could have told you he's standing right there. If I would have gotten up and if there would have been other people, I could have told you he's standing right here and his anointing, his power is flowing into me. So I just sat there though. He didn't even want me to get up. It's kind of like a medical thing. He was just like, just sit there and receive it. And I did. And heat, I'm talking hot heat but it felt good began to go deep deep in to the area where I tore my muscle both both insertion points and he knitted me back together can you believe that he no surgery nothing I've never been sewn back up or anything like that Jesus took both of them and put both of them back together for me And I was, uh, it was such a presence of God too. I was weeping and I was crying. And then that went on for a few minutes, real intense. And then it began to lift and I was still weeping and thanking God for healing me. And I, uh, once the presence completely lifted, I got up, I said, I'm totally healed. And I went straight to the fitness center. There was a fitness center there in the, uh, Community in which he lived, and the first thing I went did, I went into the fitness room. I grabbed some light weights and started moving. No pain. Grabbed some more weights and realized, you know, it can move. It's working. It's back to working now, and everything worked. And uh, but going forward, always warm up. Amen. Uh, you take it easy. Get the get the engine warmed up before trying to redline it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hal- hallelujah. But God can come visit you and restore health to you. For their Lord, for the Lord, their God will intervene for them, will visit them. It's the same word. Oh, hallelujah. And that old thing that the devil put on you, uh, maybe even out of mistake personally that you made and you found yourself now uh, stuck in something. God can come and he can liberate you completely from the enemy. Hallelujah. Isn't our God good? I'm telling you, these visitations are for your good and they're personal. You know, when I was sitting there on that couch in that room by myself and that, you know, nobody else was in the home, um, nobody prayed for me. There was no, what we would call glory environment, no orchestra playing, no praise and worship, nothing, just God came, just Jesus walked into the house, into the room, stood before me and completely healed me. I believe that Jesus can come, stand completely before somebody that wants to be free and instantly deliver you from fentanyl. Instantly deliver you from cocaine, heroin, uh, or whatever the addiction might be. He can instantly, totally set you free from it. And you don't even need to touch it again. He can do it on even, we know th- those drugs are horrible, but he can do it because the truth is alcohol still kills more than more people than any other type of drug. He can completely deliver you from alcohol. He can deliver you from another one. That's really tough for some people. That's nicotine addiction, through smoking or through snuff. He can can come stand before you and in one moment set you completely free. Please say right now, say, Jesus, come and visit me. Hallelujah. He's going to. Amen. (laughs) He does it all the time. John 14. John 14. Let's take a look at this in verse 21. John 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. So the Lord does want us to walk in his commandments. That is an expression of our love. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. Now watch this. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, I want you to hear it one more time. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If you study the word manifest in New Testament Greek, which is Koine Greek was the common language that the people spoke at that time. But if you study this word manifest, it's actually shocking when you see the, the, uh, the impetus of what Jesus is saying here. It's very powerful. It actually, in the original language, and Jesus knew that because he's using this word intentionally. It means nothing less than to make an appearance that your senses are fully aware of. It speaks of a personal visit. From Jesus Himself, and nothing less than that. Again, He who has my commandments, and I I know you do, and keeps them, I know that you have a heart to do that. It is He who loves me, and He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him and will manifest myself to Him, will give a visitation to Him. That is flat out what that means. Any honest theologian who knows the Greek or, you know, if you study it, Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament words, yeah, that is absolutely what that means. He'll grant you a personal appearance. Now, does that mean perhaps that you'll see him? Not necessarily, but he could still come, stand right there, and just give you the miracle and let you know you've got it. Boom. Hallelujah. That's the main thing is that he comes and he answers that prayer. He does it for you praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And who knows, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me at all. If many of you actually had a supernatural encounter where you actually saw the Lord in a visionary experience, but remember, it's not just about the scene unless there's something that he wants you to see that has a meaning that he's trying to get over to you. It's mainly about the impartation of what he's giving to you, the word that he would be giving to you, or the action, the activity that he would be performing for you. I'm telling you, these these are incredible. These are incredible visitations of the Lord. I'm sure that many of you, when you follow the uh, report of what God is doing in the earth, you have probably heard about the countless Muslims that Jesus is appearing to in dreams and in visions. And don't think that just because it's a dream that it would be some type of a less encounter. No, these are very real encounters, just as real as Joseph the husband of Mary having uh, encounters with with angels through dreams. They're just as real. Amen. But God is appearing to many Muslims all around the world, even in the Palestinian territories of Israel, even in the nation of Iran where Christians are sought after to be persecuted and to be killed for their faith. Even in places like Saudi Arabia, where there's much persecution against the Christians, Jesus is appearing to Muslims in personal, one-on-one, face-to-face encounters by giving them visions where they see him, he talks to them, he reveals himself to them and tells them, that I am Jesus. And of course, they, you know, he would use the word that they know for his name, which is Issy. And um, it's just like when you go to other countries, like if I go to India, it's uh, Jesu. It's, uh, it's uh, how they say Jesus in their native tongue. But there is a common denominator that many... Um, Christians that work with these Muslims who are coming to Christ and are helping to pastor them, they, they do notice a common denominator with many of the Muslims, not all, but many of them that have had these visitations from the Lord. And that common denominator is what we would call spiritual hunger, where these are people that are crying out to God in darkness saying, God, there has to be more God. Who are you? God, I want to know you God. Uh, what is the meaning of life? If you're real, reveal yourself to me. And so it's this hunger that Jesus is responding to and he's visiting them. He has even visited some that were full blown terrorists. He has visited those even in Hamas and has revealed himself to those of this terrorist organization. Some of them have even given their lives to the Lord because of these supernatural visitations. And they now follow Jesus and serve the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So let me get into the area now of visitations where we have to examine the area of our attitude towards the Lord. Let me first say that a visit from the Lord cannot be manufactured. I know that you know that. I know that you're not trying to fake something. You want something that's real. You want your own real encounter. And we're not going to settle, of course, for anything less than that. So, While a visit from the Lord cannot be manufactured, we must, however, have hunger for a visitation and be willing to receive the Lord on His terms. Praise God. So there needs to be a yearning. One time, uh, I was reading about a really good evangelist, and he really wanted to minister in this church because he knew he could probably get the whole church saved, but the pastor would not let him come. And the pastor really didn't want to let him come because the pastor was like, he kind of had everything locked down the way he wanted it. And he didn't even really care if a person was saved or not long as they were attending. And it had the appearance and, and the look of what would be a, you know, well-established, well-ordered, uh, traditional church. So this uh, evangelist cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, he said this, he said, this pastor won't let me minister in his church. The Lord said, I know the feeling. He won't let me in either. Mm. So we have to look at the area of attitude where we want the Lord to come in. Now, there is a, how can I say, like a principle of ministry, and that's something that ministers would understand that probably kind of works in other areas too, but it's, it's kind of a um, principle in ministry, and this is how it works for ministers. You go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Does that make sense? You want to go where you're celebrated, where they actually want you to come, not where, where you go, but they don't even really like you. They certainly don't agree with the message. And so you're just being tolerated and they're smiling, but they're not even really happy. It's a forced smile. Mm. So you only go where you're wanted. And that's something where for, uh, let me give you an example, like for our television ministry, I want, us to go on networks and be on stations where we're speaking in the areas where there's an openness and they actually want us there. I don't want to waste partner money, ministry money by getting on the air or getting on some network that's huff and puff and fluff and has really no interest in souls, but they're just functioning because maybe they've established a, uh, a footprint in the market base there and now things are going good, but they're not really into the things of God at all. No, I have no interest in that. I want to fish where the fish are biting and I want to go where the message is celebrated, appreciated and honored. Woo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're more interested in something else than the Lord, he'll, he'll move on by, he'll move on by, you know, I prophesied to a, a friend years back, I prophesied to him, I said, the Lord shows me that in, that within two weeks, sometime between right now and two weeks, you are going to have a visitation, so get ready, be ready, he said, wow, he said, that's a pretty wild word, Pastor Stephen, he said, I'll do just that, he said, I'll be ready, so about two and a half weeks went by, and I saw him, and the moment he saw me, uh, he put his head down and looked very discouraged. I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, oh, he said, uh, Pastor Stephen, that word you gave me, he said, I really felt the anointing on that. And so I, I was kind of like, you know, preparing. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to visit me. And he said, this went on for about, you know, like eight or nine days. I had a good heart, good attitude. And he said, I came home from work one day, and I was really tired. It was a long day at work. I came home. I grabbed the mail before coming into my house, grabbed the mail, and got home. And I sat down in my chair, and I put the mail down next to me. And when I laid the mail down, I noticed that in the mail that day was a brand new watch magazine. You know, sometimes guys really are into watches. So he said, there's a brand new watch magazine. He said, simultaneously, at the same exact moment The presence of God came into my room and like, like, like stood right before me. So he said, now I'm sitting in my chair. The presence of God is right here. The watch magazine's right here. I said, don't, uh," I said, brother, don't tell me you went over. He said, yeah. He said, I picked up the watch magazine and flipped it open. And he said, this is what he did. He said, Lord, give me just a few minutes. And he looked for a few minutes. He said, Lord, just a few more minutes. And when he finished his, his thing, a few more minutes and he sat it down, he said, Lord, I'm ready. He said, the presence was totally gone. He said, the Lord left. Yes. That's amazing. Now, what did he miss? I I didn't tell him this. I didn't really have the heart to tell him this. I actually felt that the Lord was going to visit him to call him into the ministry. And even today, as I look back on his life, I can see clearly he had a calling, but that was something at that point was still would have been moving him into the initial phases of it, but he missed that visitation. Praise God. So here's the catch. If you will give Jesus priority, he will give you priority when he comes to talk to you. Praise God. So whether you see the Lord or not in a visionary experience The main thing is he's coming to talk, to release, to impart to you. It could be healing. And even if you don't hear words, you just know it. There is a spiritual perception. And I've actually have had Jesus stand before me and communicate with me before where I've actually seen him in, in a vision where he and I are talking, but we're not even moving our mouths. I guess in the earth realm, they would call that telepathic. But in the spiritual realm, that's very real. You don't even have to open your mouth to talk. And you could just, you just, phoom, the thought goes right to the other person. And what they want to speak to you, that thought phoom, comes right to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. But my friends, live your life in a way where when the Lord does want to visit you, th- this is like not just something where you're looking for one big event, but you're really, this is something where it's ongoing, and you and the Lord are good friends, and He could actually come and visit you at any time. Do you see the difference? Do you see what I'm saying? That no matter what your favorite thing might be, whether it's baking a cake, or maybe you're about to sit down to your favorite, like a favorite TV show, and, and it's a good show, and it's a good cake, or whatever it might be. But if the Lord would to come with this presence, now if you, will, if you will yield to the Lord, you'll get something that, uh, that, something that a cake will never do for you. You'll get something, <clears throat> excuse me, that will go far beyond the um, enjoyment that a television program could ever bring to you. So please, uh, walk with the Lord in a way where at any time you could just stop and He could visit you and share something with you. Praise God. Let's go over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. And I would like for us to begin in verse 12. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2000 and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and they told it in the city and in the country. So these were the people that took care of the swine. We've talked about it before. These were the men that were raising these pigs and they would sell these to the Roman army because the Roman army, the Italians, they had a lot of pork. And so they were supplying food. You could say they had a government contract with the uh, Roman army. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Anything that would make a a human created in the image of God, go out in public and start taking all your clothes off, you're under a demonic influence. Notice it says that when he was in his right mind, he was clothed. Praise God. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. Then they began, watch verse 17. Then they began to plead with him. They actually pleaded with Jesus to do what? To stay, to minister to them also because they had lots of problems and lots of diseases and sicknesses. No. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. It's a sobering reality. That these men who had no covenant with God, these men could have cared less about the man who was delivered from the legion. They could have cared less about the soul of a person. All they cared about were their pigs. So they actually cared more about pigs than they did about a person. Pastor Stephen, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Yes, that's called being spiritually dead, separated from God and just being completely lost in sin. There are people that are like that today, but we thank God for His protection and His blessing upon our lives. So they actually asked Jesus to depart from the region. Well, He he obliged them. He got into the boat and left. Lord, we give you praise today. We want to invite the Lord to stay at all times and in all things. Let's go to one more scripture Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18, verse 1. Jesus wants to come and visit you right where you're at. You don't have to be, in the sense, what we would call perfect, because He's the only perfect one that ever lived. Scripture and the Beatitudes does say to be perfect, but that's talking about being mature, being mature in the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus was the only sinless man. Genesis 18, verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him. Or you could say that Jesus visited Abraham. God visited Abraham. And God wants to visit you too in a very special encounter. Praise the Lord. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of memory, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. There in the blistering heat of the Middle East, You wouldn't work in the, in the hottest point of day, say like two o'clock, it's just way too hot. So those were the times you stayed in the shade and you would try to get as much work done in the morning before that heat of the day would come, which would be unbearable. And then you would, again, once the sun begins to go down some, you'd have another session of work. So, uh, he was sitting in the tent. So he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, suddenly they're there. Three men (laughs) just appeared. And I believe that the same sudden way that these men appeared, you can also have a sudden visitation as just like Abraham, you go about your normal day. You love God. You love his commandments. You know his commandments. You serve the Lord and you have a hunger for God. Therefore, because of that hunger, God knows that you desire a visitation greatly from him and he honors you with that And this is lifestyle. This is Abraham just sitting there. This is what he did. He's probably sitting there in the tent in the cool of the day, probably meditating on the promises of God, probably meditating on the city that has a foundation that, uh, that is, that doesn't have to move because so many of, uh, of these great men, they would live in tents and they would move from place to place. And he's thinking about the city that one day he's going to arrive at the city of God. And he would be meditating on the things of God. And it's in that normal day of just walking with the Lord where he has a visitation that was very, very special, where an incredible promise was given to him. God wants to visit you. God wants to talk with you about your life. God wants to answer some things that uh, or bring to light some things that you don't maybe don't even know. There was a Muslim one time that said, I was reading this testimony of how Jesus appeared to him in a vision, and this Muslim man had hated the Jews, and, uh, you know, he was very loyal to Muhammad and the Mohammedan faith, and Jesus appeared to him in a vision and revealed himself as Jesus, the only Savior of the world. And then this man said, Jesus said something that absolutely shocked him. Jesus said, by the way, he said, you're not Arab, you're Jewish. He said, what? He said, your parents never told you, but you are a Jew. Woo. Stunner. Well, he received Jesus as his savior, but yes, he later brought it up to his parents and they admitted to him the hidden truth that he was never told that he was actually a Jew. Woo. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there are some things that when Jesus comes to visit you, he comes to bless you, to reveal Further, yes, your identity in him and all of the good things that are involved in that incredible blessing package. But he can also unload some things that you never would have found out had he not come and visited you. So I want you to prepare your hearts for a visitation and encounter with the Lord. These encounters can be uh, very different pertaining to who the person is, pertaining to what the message would be pertaining to what uh, God wants to get across to you. But I believe for many of you, uh, a lot of it is like Hannah. You already know the Lord. You've already had a miracle. You've had a Samuel. You know what it is to have God move in your life, but to have that miracle, but then to have God come back and be so good that he gives you five more children. What kind of a God is this? This is the God that crushes Satan underneath your feet And proves one-on-one how faithful he is to you, how good he is to you, and how he will never let the enemy get the last laugh in your life. He's coming to bless you. Please lift your hands right now. Father, I pray for those that are watching. It's time for another visitation. Father, I thank you that Jesus is going to come one-on-one to your people. Lord, I thank you that they will receive him and that they will not miss it, and it's going to be wonderful. And I thank you, Father, that I'm going to hear the testimonies of many. When it happens, they will email me and let me know. Bless your people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Every time I see the old car, it's not even in uh, production anymore, but every time I see a Chrysler PT Cruiser in purple, I, I, I think the, 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 the official color was plum. Okay, every time I see a purple plum colored PT cruiser uh, made by Chrysler, I always say, Lord, I'm ready for my next visitation because I had my first real deep visitation from the Lord where he he revealed himself to me. I actually saw him. I saw his feet, his sandals, his robe, his face, the the miter crown he had on his head. I saw everything about him. And it happened when he came and sat In the PT Cruiser car with me. That was a royal uh, car. Actually, it had a license plate. The license plate said Royal PT. Jesus knows how to tie it all together. He's not only prophetic. he He is the great prophet and the great apostle of our faith. He's going to come to visit you in a way that pertains to you. And he's going to talk to you about you. Praise the Lord. Get ready to receive Your visitation. Now, please, I want you to take communion with me today. I want you to lock this word into your spirit. So get your communion ready. But first, if you don't know Jesus, he's the only, he is the only way to God. He is the mediator between God and man. So if you want to go to heaven, you want to have eternal life and you want to come out of the kingdom of darkness, give your life to Jesus. He'll save you right now. I'd like to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Also, perhaps maybe you're watching me. You used to serve the Lord as a Christian, but you fell away from God. You, you played with the lie of the devil and it took you away from God. It got you tangled up in sin and you've been gone for far too long. It's time to come back to Jesus right now. So I want to ask that you would pray along with me as well, that you would rededicate your life to Jesus. Okay. So let's pray right now those that need to rededicate your life, those that are lost, you don't know the Lord, but you're going to know him right now through this prayer. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God and that you were raised from the dead on the third day. Jesus, I believe that you are the only mediator between God, your father, and mankind. Jesus, right now, I give my life to you. Save me. Come into my heart. Wash all my sins away. Give me your new life. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And the Almighty has heard that prayer. Jesus has answered that prayer. You now belong to Him. Amen. Amen. Get ready. The Lord will reveal Himself to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, please grab some unleavened bread, a little wafer. If you don't have one of these, grab a little cracker. That will do. And grab some grape juice, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and for the Jews. We set it apart as being holy and we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that as we receive the Lord's flesh, we receive the truth. We thank you, O God. I know your people have many questions, Father. Some questions you'll answer Other things, as you said in Deuteronomy, the secret things belong unto the Lord. So there are some things that they're just not our business, so we don't need to know. But what does belong to us, you're happy to reveal it. So, Father, we thank you that we receive the Lord's body, the strength and the nourishment that are in it. And just as he came down as the manna in the Old Testament, we thank you that we could receive his body through this communion right now. Thank you, Father, for every grace and blessing associated with it. We partake of his flesh now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Glory. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we seek you earnestly. We thank you, O God, that these visitations, it could happen at night in a dream or in a vision or it could happen during the daytime. It could happen in a car. It could happen in the restroom. It could happen anywhere. We thank you that you visit your people. You do so in this current hour and day. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin, keeping us, protecting us from all harm, keeping us safe from the enemy. We thank you, O God, that we belong to you, spirit, soul, and body. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is returning soon. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father. We now receive the life-giving blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake together. Please say, I'm blessed, and say, God is coming to do me good. Say, God is coming to visit me and to do me good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, my friends, it's been a real joy to share this with you today. I pray that you have a wonderful week and just walk in that heart attitude of the Lord is going to visit me and watch what God will do. He'll do it in his way in his time, but it's just around the corner. Praise God. Stay close to him. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.